Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. Probably sick of hearing that already, right? So I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Whenever you have the opportunity to listen to it, that's, that's great. And it is a honor that I do not take lightly. So, and I hope everything is going well with you in your life and in your operation, your your business, whatever you happen, whatever walk of life you're in. And uh, though predominantly we're farmers and ranchers, but there are people who do other things. And I welcome that because you're interested in learning and interested in machinery. And I want to, uh, oh, I like it. Hey, I wouldn't be a farmer if I didn't talk about the weather, right? It's been unseasonably warm here, but that's fine with me with the price of heating oil, and it's allowing me to get some work done outside on my equipment that uh, would be a little bit awkward to do if it was uh, much colder, but believe it or not, it's 74 degrees right now as I am. It's cloudy. If the clouds, if it were not cloudy, it'd probably be 80 degrees. And we did. We have been getting some moisture. My cover crop is doing pretty, pretty well, considering uh, the deer are grazing it hard, which is fine. That's what's there. Well, that's that's part. Well, I shouldn't say that's what it's there for. Uh, it's God's cover crop, so and it's God's deer, so they are more than welcome to graze it. I mean, I didn't plant it for them to graze it. That was like an aside. I planted it for soil health, but also for deer health. And um, I guess the areas that the uh, that the uh, geese pulled up maybe well, they are what they are right so hey whatever it is it is we can't worry about it so that's uh, that's it I'm trying to adjust something here but what I want that uh, for, before we get in today's show it's going to be a long story as always in my life as I always tell you that but I um, just pity my wife because she deals with these long 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 stories right that's why she goes i gotta go to the store get away from me i don't blame her but anyway what i wanted to say is that i it was it wasn't recently it it was probably maybe this past spring as an aside to it you know when you're in this business and uh and what i mean well podcasting now radio show writing but even as a journalist, lots of times companies, and that really doesn't happen that much anymore, but when, I, when my career was very dynamic in the automotive magazines, you'd be forever getting stuff, com- companies contacting you and sending you samples of products or what have you. And uh, lots of times I would not take them for the simple reason being I didn't want to be a pig and take something I had no 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 ability to use. And I don't want to just like look for a home for it, right? So I said, nah, you know, thank you so much. I'm honored that you thought of me and um, that you would uh, you know, want to send this to me. But it really doesn't, I don't have any need for it. I don't have any any application for it. And then ultimately, and there's, it's a quid pro quo. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes the, the business world go around is that they're hoping that you talk about the product or that particular instance, write about it, or just recommend it to somebody with a... Today they use the word influencer. Like I said, uh, I'm not an influencer by my standards. If these people aren't thinking I'm an influencer, so be it. But uh, I can't influence uh, even the kittens. So anyway, so that was very common. 
And then as the magazine business changed and dried up and evaporated and the economy changed and everything changed and the whole world changed, and I'm not going to go into that, you know my feelings on that, is that kind of dried up and went away. Uh, but about six months ago, four months ago, I don't remember, time flies by, it wasn't, it wasn't last year, I received three beautiful books in the mail. And uh, I honestly don't know how they got my mailing address, but what I have no problem with that. I guess if they look up Bohax Farm, I, I really don't know. But so that's a, that's a useless piece of information that I gave you. And the reason why I'm telling that is because if they would have if they would have said I want to send you these books, then I would say, geez, you know, they they sound like they're beautiful, wonderful books, but I'm really not going to have the time to to read them. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So, but regardless, they just, the books just came. And I guess, you know, their quid pro quo was they're hoping that I would be exposed to the book and talk about the book or do something on one of my shows. All right. So, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It's, uh, you know, they want your unbiased opinion. But the problem that I have is that I have these three beautiful books that I have, and I'm not going to say no use for, I have no time for. And it's different because I would, they're beautiful books and I would love to read them and I would have beautiful photography in them, a lot of information. But like I said, the reality of it, I live in Realville and I stole that from Rush Limbaugh, he used to say that, is that the reality of it is I am not going to have time to read them and other than glancing through them and thumbing through them when I first got them, I'm not going to have time to read them. So this they've been they've been in my office and i said to myself boy you know and i hate to waste things i hate waste and it has nothing to do that you know don't ever confuse in life i'm here i'm preaching to you frugalness or cheapness cheapness all right a person who doesn't like to waste doesn't like to waste and i don't like to waste because i feel that whatever i have i'm blessed by god to have and whether it's a couple of dollars in my pocket, whether it's a glass of water, a drink, a meal to eat, a roof over my head, heat, hot water, whatever it may be, the animals that the Lord has entrusted to me, and I want to honor that. And when you waste something through my eyes, through my perspective, you are not honoring something. And I make no bones about it. We, I grew up poor. I mean, we always had a, a beautiful, not a fancy house, but an immaculately clean house. My mother was, a, you could have done brain surgery. Everything was so clean and best food and a lot of food, but we never had the luxuries, the fancy things in life. And if you listen to my show, that you, you know you've heard that before. And I was blessed by that because it it makes you really respect and honor what you do have so anyway i don't want to waste these books and i've been saying well geez what am i going to do with these books and then i had an epiphany is that i am going to put them out to my listeners on both the podcast idle chatter and on my radio show farm machinery digest radio and sirius xm channel 147 rural radio let's <laughs> that drilled into my mind from doing the uh promos on that but there are three wonderful books. So what I'm gonna so what I'm gonna ask you to do, my listeners. Now we're in November and Thanksgiving is gonna be coming in a few weeks. So between now and Thanksgiving, I am going to have a drawing. And the drawing is gonna be for each person to win one of the so it'll be three different people for three different books. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is to go to my website farmmachinerydigest.com 
and then what you basically do is click on where it says uh, to win a free license plate. You'll still that'll put you in the drawing, right? And they'll give you a pin. Uh, give me what I'm getting at is deal is a pin in my map where you listen from. But I just want you to write in there book, and then the name or the subject of the three books, which I'm going to explain right now. And then what I will do is I will go through for uh for thanksgiving so let's say the first week in december and i will announce all three winners all right you could only you could only get into the contest to win one book and you'll still be able to win a hot rod farmer license plate all right but one book each does that make does that make sense so these are the three books i'll give you the title of the book the subject and the author and then i whoever wins i will mail the the respective book to them okay and that is it so that's why i need your mailing address and everything so the first book is called two cylinder john deere tractors and it's by and i don't well i shouldn't say i don't i don't know personally any of these authors but they're not mickey mouse authors they're all good authors they're beautiful photography beautiful books okay and it's two cylinder john deere tractors by rod rod beamer the next book is quite a big book, a very thick uh, hardcover, and it's International Harvester Trucks, The Complete Story. So if, you ha- <clears throat> if you're an International Harvester Truck fan or know someone, you definitely want to get into a drawing for this book, and it's by Patrick Forster. And Patrick Forster, though I never met him, he uh, writes for Hemmings and for Crankshaft Magazine, which I write for, both of those, and he's an excellent historian uh and I wouldn't know him if I sat next to him on an airplane, but I know his work, an excellent historian, and um, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. So, so for all the now it's International Harvester Trucks, not International Harvester Tractors. There's a couple of things in there, so it's the complete story of International Harvester Trucks. And then the third book is by Mr. Lee Clancher. Then again, I don't know him. Uh, I know of his work. He has this. A publishing company and he's an excellent photographer and excellent writer and his book is the is farm all the golden age 1924 to 1954 so for john two-cylinder john deere fan an international harvester truck fan or a farm all fan the golden age from 1924 to 1954 then just click go onto my website and then uh just fill out the form for the license plate and it tell me and just say John Deere book, International Harvester book, or uh, what is the last one? Far more book, whatever. I had like a sieve today. And uh, I will put you in a drawing and then I will let you know, I will let the audience know. And it's going to be not only the podcast, it's going to be the radio show or two also. So I would say get those in, go to hot rod, go to farmmachinerydigest.com and click on that form and send it in with your choice of the book you hope to win. All right. So thank you so much. And I will be so happy to get these books to someone who will truly, truly have the time to appreciate them and respect them and enjoy them like i said they're three beautiful books i would love to study them i would love to read them and i would love to devour them but the reality of it is that they will be best put to use and to honor in someone else's hands and with someone else's eyes looking at them okay so let me so just fill those out and send them in 
rmachinerydigest.com, fill out the license plate form, and then and I'm repeating it. They'll also put you in a drawing for a license plate, so you got a double double header here, and just say which book: John Deere International Harvester or Farm All. And God willing, you win. I wish I could, all of that everybody could win, but everybody in life cannot win. All right. So that is that. <clears throat> now the other thing. I'm going to just get a drink of water here for a second, so just bear with me. <clears throat> Thank you very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I'm going to talk about today, well, first of all, you know, we're talking about books. I'm going to use that as a segue, as a cheap segue, right? <laughs> a cheap segue into, uh, <clears throat> into what I want to talk about. And I love to read. So he said, here's a contradiction. You told me you love to read, but you're not going to read the books, right? But uh, but the fact of the matter is, what I love to read, and sadly not many of them exist anymore, if they do, they're of uh, mediocre quality. We'll leave it at that. They could be used for toilet paper if we still had an outhouse. Is that I, I love to read magazines. And the reason why I love to read magazines, I always did as a little kid. I was always a reader, is that it's... Um, it's almost like a Whitman sampler. It gives you, you get to learn about something. It's not a, it's, it's not a, a thesis on it, uh, but you get to learn about things and you get to expose to different topics. And if the magazine article is written, very, written correct, I shouldn't say, written well, then, for instance, you could learn quite a bit. For instance, like the old Hot Rod Carcraft, popular hot rodding magazines. I mean, they had wonderful, wonderful articles in there. I mean, basically, um, as my friend Gene Worse says, if you were to read those, you have like a quasi-engineering degree by the time you got done reading all of them. So, uh, and that's so that's so true. And when I patterned my started my writing career, I patterned it off of those old magazines that I used to read, and. Um, so i but i also love to read trade journals now the the interesting thing is that i love to read trade trade journals within my own field all right which is agriculture and i would say engineering okay automotive any type of but you know automotive engine engineering what have you um but I also truly enjoy reading trade journals for a field that I know nothing about. And I, when I worked, when I started my writing career in CSK Publishing, there was a, a wonderful managing editor, Diane Bacadoro, and a wonderful lady, very, very talented. And back then in the magazines business, you had a managing editor, and the managing editor, for all intents and purposes, had a degree in English. The part, and historically they were women we had some men over the years but they would have a degree in english and they would read your your uh, your uh, what a copy or we used to call it copy and they would you know they would make changes they wouldn't make changes in the content they would make oh no you should really break this sentence here or you use you used a, a comma you should really use a semicolon here and they would they would make excuse me grammatical and punctuation changes and um, I used to love working with Diane Bacadoro. She was wonderful. And uh, I got to learn a lot from her because I would say, geez, you know, Diane, why did you? And, and, and she was a wonderful teacher because a lot of people know stuff, but they don't want to share it with you. Or they don't want to be bothered with you. Don't worry about it. They need a comment there. They need a semicolon, right? 
And I would say 90% of the things that she told me were lost on me. All right. But, and what she also, what she also told me, sometimes in, in the English language, what sounds right is actually grammatically wrong. And what sounds wrong is grammatically right. Not all of the time, but sometimes. And like I said, so I would try to learn from her. And then she ended up leaving the car industry and she went to go work for a a medical publication and i think they had a, a they had two two magazines and one was for rns for registered nurses and the other one was for doctors two different titles two uh and uh, so she had contacted me and she says she's over here now so so wow that's wonderful i said that i you know, wish you the best i said i miss i'm gonna miss you and the car industry is really at a loss without you but that's wonderful i love to see people get ahead in life even if it's in my own demise or my own cost. But I think that's the essence of life, to, to see people get ahead. And uh, so I said to her, Diane, you know, can you, can you do me a favor? I said, they don't have to be the, the latest issues. Can you send me a couple of issues of, you know, each publication? So she says, Ray, there, it, it's a medical publication. She says, it's, it, it's, it's a medical publication. It's not, it, it's not a medical journal, but it's about... It's for doctors, and and the other one is for nurses. But it's more about the life of, I don't want to say the lifestyle, but she says it's hard to understand. But um, but it's really nothing about cars or farming or anything. He said, no, no, no. I said, what I like to read trade journals is because they give you an indication of a thought process. So if I was so by reading the doctor's version of this magazine, I remember what it was. I said, hey, just send me a couple of them, and they'll be six months old. A year old makes no difference. All right, I said I could. You get to understand the thought process of the medical community. So how a doctor looks at things, uh, uh, their business model. I mean, so you just, you just you get you get to be familiarized with it. And that, and that pays a lot of dividends because, number one, it familiarizes you with something that you don't know. The second thing is that oftentimes you could cross over some of that thought process and needs to be modified and tweaked and hot-rodded, right? <clears throat> and, 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 and put that into your life or your business or your farm or whatever you may do. You may say, well, and you, you get inspiration from it. So, well, the medical community looks at things this way. And then, uh, for instance, like they look at, they do a differential diagnosis. And I've spoken about this on the show many times, and it's a medical term, do a differential, do a differential. And you could apply that same logic uh, to fixing a combine or a tractor or a hot rod or, or the kitchen sink and makes no difference. So she said, so I love to read different trade journals. I'm not going to read them cover to cover. I'll admit I'm going to cherry pick and lots of times, even if it's a technical article, let's say it's about cardiology, lots of times, some, I mean, yes, I'm, I'm, I would be lying if I said I read the whole article, but lots of times the opening paragraph or the opening page sets the stage for a thought process and then goes beyond that. So, so I think that there's a wealth of information. And I do the same thing in agriculture. In other words, 
I may go to a soybean clinic. I never raised soybeans in my life. I don't plan on raising soybeans unless the Lord has a different plan for my life that I'm not aware of, which is fine because you're never aware of his plans for your life. You just have to recognize that his plan is a thousand times better than your plan, no matter how good you thought your plan is. But... um, and then, you know, the caveat that I put in, well, you know, would I go 2,000 miles one way, 1,000 miles one way to go to a soybean clinic or take a class on soybeans when I'm not even interested in <clears throat> growing soybeans? And I would say no, because there's no return on investment there. But if I get there in three or four hours and I go to a clinic and learn something, probably 99% of it I'm not going to be able to convert directly over to raising sweet corn. But if it's 1% that I could convert, and that makes me a better farmer, makes me more profitable and more knowledgeable, and then that is a wonderful return on investment for me. So with this all established, you say, where the heck is this guy, where is this hot rod farmer going today? Well, I finally was able to get together and bring my Briggs, my beloved Briggs, Briggs and Stratton generator up to James Condon to to look at. And if, if you're a listener to the radio show, then you prob- then I did an episode, and if you want to go to my archives, Farm Machinery Digest, click on FMD radio tab, and you can go there and listen to it. And Mr. James Condon has a YouTube channel. So all you have to do is go in and do an internet search, James, C-O-N-D-O-N. And he is the guru, world-renowned. Uh, he won't, he's humble, he won't admit this, all right? But I'll tell you this, that this guy is spectacular, and he is probably the most knowledgeable person on the face of this earth about generators, backup generators, portable generators, and then drifting into small engines, but specifically the generators. And... When my generator stopped generating, what do you do? You go look for some information. That's how I found James Condon. So go to his website, or go, not the other website, his YouTube, James Condon, all right? So you're going to say to me, hey, Hot Rod, I don't have a generator. I don't have a problem with a generator. Well, I'm not planning on being a doctor or being a registered nurse, but, and I'm not planning on raising soybeans, but I learned a thought process from reading those and even if you never plan on having a generator in your life by watching the methodical approach that <coughs> excuse me that James takes in diagnosing something all right is what you are going to learn and you're going to learn from him because he just doesn't change parts. He's not a parts changer, this guy. Or he's the man. He's a guy after my own heart. All right, he's not a parts changer. He, he diagnoses things. At, I mean, at one particular point, you have to say, "Hey, I got to try a known good part because I'm coming to a dead end here." But, and he explains what he is doing, why he's doing it, and the expected readings. I mean, it, it his YouTube stuff is phenomenal. And the, the part that, before I get into bringing the generator up there and what we found, or what, what he found, all I did was drive the truck and bring it up there. But uh, he's, you know, you, you know that I'm not a fan of YouTube, 
All right, because most of the people on YouTube, and I'm not saying everyone, don't have no idea what they're talking about and and whatever. they I always say invent the science to, to substantiate what they say. All right, that's not James, okay? This guy is a, first of all, number one is not only is he extremely intelligent, I'd say he's an, um, the, a genius. I don't know what the, what the, what the actual numbers you would apply the metric you would apply to be a genius but he's 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 has a full understanding of how a generator works he's an excellent mechanic and he has the ability to up to apply both the theoretical and the practical to what he is talking about so you could have a guy who says well he got a magnetic field over here but the guy's got a phd in something and uh if the stator from the generator fell on his head he went no one was what the heck is that just hit me on the head so this is a wonderful wonderful learning experience and i was blessed i and i was blessed i am blessed that i watched a couple of his videos to get an idea of what i needed to check on this generator when it stopped charging and making electricity and i quickly ran out of my skill sets and we were getting ready to do harvest and i'm not making excuses and it was just what if too many things going on and radio i just didn't have that i would have loved to 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 be able to fix it myself but i i I ran out of my i exhausted my well of knowledge as far as generators are concerned portable generators and it didn't take long to, to do that and i reached out to james sent him an email which he got back because i had no idea we're on youtube i have no i mean i just want to state something else this guy is not doing this for a business he's doing this for i'm going to say a quasi hobby because of his personality he likes to fix things he doesn't like to throw things away he likes it and he's found out that so many of these units are orphaned over the years and i'm hoping to do an on the road podcast with him so i could get his full story but um not his full story so we could have more context to this than i have right now but anyway so i reached out to him from his youtube channel i sent him an email address there i sent him an email because i didn't know this guy could have been in oklahoma or something and i said to charlotte i said i would love to get this generated to somebody like this gentleman before i reached out to him because he's he's knows what he's doing he's educated he's knowledgeable he has great procedure i've seen i could see his procedure from watching all right he he's just he he's everything that i'm looking for and i would like to even if you know we bought a new generator all right so even if i don't like to throw stuff out because like i said i grew up poor also i grew up you fix stuff you don't throw it out the first hiccup but the fact of the matter is you have to balance things in life and you have to choose your poison so i said i would like to at least know what's wrong with it and what's happened i i thought it, i diagnosed it as a bad stator and if it was a bad stator at that particular point it would have been financially uh, unreasonable to fix it but at least i would know what it is so I, said, I want somebody who's more knowledgeable than me you know whatever i gotta pay him to look at it more knowledge than me so and i could learn use this as a learning experience so instead of taking a generator and throwing it in the garbage i said i don't know it's a matter of not making electricity that at least it's not lost because i would be able to learn something from if somebody diagnosed it accurately instead of me fumbling my way through it and thinking that it's one thing when it's not so and i said this guy is the guy but who knows 
where he lives. I don't know, it could be in California. I have no idea. So I sent an email to him, and then he got back to me very quickly, and he said that he was about, uh, from where he is, and I'll let him divulge if he chooses where he, where he is, but it's about 125 miles from me, north and east. So uh, I don't like going north, I don't like going east, or whatever. So to make a long story short, I, I spoke to him about it, and he said he would be more than ha- more than willing to look at it and then use it as a candidate for an instructional YouTube video as a, uh, excuse me, <coughs> as a, <coughs> as a, uh, what do you, as a, uh, I, not a not a candidate. I can't think of what I'm looking for. As a, as a te- not a test case, whatever. As a subject for a diagnostic and fixing another generator. So this so uh, took a while because everybody's life got in the way. For I, but I finally was able to get up there and meet James and bring him the generator. And I also want to say, excuse me, that this is not the man's livelihood. He's not in business fixing generators. I said it's kind of like a quasi hobby for him. Uh, he has a, he has another career. It has nothing to do with generators <laughs> or engines or what have you. And uh, he's uh, he's he has a, a nice career in another industry. It has nothing to do with what this. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. And the uh, and the amazing part that he told me when I got together with him and brought the generator up is that for he's self-taught so he has the foundation in other words that he has the mindset that he wants to learn how things work and he's self-taught and he says growing up his father didn't even have a screwdriver so it's not like he came from a long lineage of people fixing things and uh, and what have you all right so he's he's so he would be akin to a first generation farmer for somebody who never had a farm and he, he, like i say I'm using the world, world. I'm using the term world renowned because he is. I mean, he has viewers all around the world, and I've watched other people's videos, and they cannot. Not only is his video content, the filming and the audio and the uh, the callouts he puts in it, top notch. I mean, I mean, but his his talking through what he's doing, his findings, and what he's doing. He's not telling you this after the fact. He's actually filming while he's do, doing everything. So so he'll say, okay, we have this generator. Somebody said it's not doing this, doing this, and he'll, he'll start it up and what have you, and he'll go from there. So it's spectacular, and he does uh, just, you have to look at it. It's, and the thing, he's a one-man band. He's not only filming it and doing it, but he's doing the repair, and he's thinking about it. So, you know, this is not like you're changing a tire. So he's 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 think talking his way through it, and that's really how you learn. And so I'm asking you to go to his web to go to YouTube, James Condon. There's shortly, it's not gonna be up yet. There's gonna be a video on my generator, but he's got so many videos that you don't need the video on mine. But and as I said in the beginning, before I move on, is that even if you never plan on having a generator in your life, if you're listening to this show, you want to learn. And by, But I want you to watch his videos and, like I say, with an open mind of his thought process, how he goes about doing something, how he applies critical thinking to it. 
and then you take that to your farm, your ranch, your operation, wherever it may be. Yeah, maybe it's a problem in the dairy barn. Maybe it's a problem with your crop. But yeah, you're not going to go get out a vault meter and an ohm meter to check, to check a problem with your crop. But the thought process, the differential diagnosis, using the term from Diane Bacadoro's medical magazine that I learned, is what is going to, what I want you to glean from it. And if you do have a backup generator, then obviously this is an excellent resource if you have a problem. And even if you don't plan on buying one, ever having one, it's an excellent resource to learn how they work and see what they're all about. So anyway, so half hour into the show, all right, that's uh, we didn't even get any place yet with it. So what happened was that I wanted to bring the generator up to him, and I'm not talking just to hear myself talk, is that I need to rent the trailer because I'm by myself, and he, well, he has, uh, I think, two or three children, little, not, they're not little kids, but two or three kids, younger children, I don't know what the ages they are, and his wife, and he has nobody there also, so the generator itself is not that heavy, it's less than, about, let's say, better part of 300, well, probably over 300 pounds with gas in it, but it's condensed weight, and I can lift it up and put it in the back of my pickup truck by myself, and obviously, you know, he and I couldn't lift it off without, so I said, look, I'm going to rent the trailer with a ramp on it, pull it up there like a king, roll it off like a king, that's it. So that's what I did. I rented a nine-foot U-Haul trailer with a ramp on it, and I brought it up there. And it's a, it's a good solid three hours to get to him, maybe a little bit more. And I was very proud. He gave excellent directions to, uh, to, to get to his place and uh it's a beautiful area rural area and uh i only had to turn around twice with the trailer which to me is great because i'm blind as a bat so i usually like if there's not a landmark and say okay well you know turn by the dairy barn or turn by the shell station all right i usually go right by it because by the time i could read the sign it's too late so so i thought it was wonderful because i only had to turn around back up and turn around with the trailer twice and usually uh, it's much money more times than that so uh so so got there got to him right shook hands and uh salt of the earth guy i mean i felt like i knew him from watching his videos but uh, when you watch his videos you only see his hands and his shoes and you hear his voice you have no idea what he looks like so anyway so went over some stuff with him and uh left the generator there and then what he did is he started to look at it and he made a pilot youtube video that's not to the public yet he, when he finishes and puts it all together it'll be on his youtube channel but for me to look at so anyway the, the the important thing now is that we're getting into the technical meat of this is that when i left he started up the generator i told him i shut the gas off and i, I ran it, the carburetor out of gas which i never did on it the five years i've had it all right, never ran it out of gas. And I wanted to uh, run the carburetor out of gas because I knew it was going to be bouncing for three hours on the back of a trailer. And I did not want it to flood from the float bouncing up and down and the gas tank is above it. Uh, and through gravity, flood the engine. So I, sh I ran the carburetor out of gas and I went over everything again with him. And uh, when I left he started to look at it so he started from scratch even checked the oil on it 
And uh, hey, I'm the hot rod farmer. He even said in the video, he says, oh, he says, the oil's full and it's nice and clean. That's Mobile One, baby, in there. That's Mobile One. That's fresh Mobile One. So anyway, 5W30, only the best. So he starts the generator up and he puts his, his he uses two test lights, not two test lights, two drop lights as a test to see if it's, and some instrumentation. He uses a kilowatt meter, uses a digital voltometer. And he said that he basically... Uh, was expecting lights not to light up because it wasn't making any power here. And the lights went lit up beautifully. He put his voltmeter in there, he's making 100, well, first 117 volts, then 120 volts, and it was working, it was working fine. So let's stop right there. The take-home message at this particular point was that whatever i thought i had thought because it had high resistance but it was crazy because on the 240 volt the one leg on the 240 volt was has had the proper resistance three tenths of an ohm and then the other leg i had 240 ohms but i i had three tenths of an ohm on the four three between three and four tenths of ohm on the the four receptacles and the receptacles the sockets the two sockets on one leg, two sockets on the other, on the front of the generator panel. So it was crazy. So what happened was that this thing is making good electricity, but then he shuts it off, and then he goes through some test procedures, and he finds that well, he's coming up with 23 ohms, where I had 240 ohms. So what is the take-home message there? My diagnosis immediately of saying that the stator was bad and what i mean bad is that i didn't think it was shorted i think it had high resistance maybe it broken there's only one strand going through i had no idea of course you can't really see it so i had no idea i'm guessing was 100 percent wrong and using a differential diagnosis why am i saying that i was 100 percent wrong is because as soon as that thing started to make power the only thing that changed all right was that the three-hour ride in the back of a trailer. So, if the stator was bad, well, at this particular point, all right, it wouldn't, the bumping of the, of the ride in the trailer would not fix it. So now we're looking at a potential for a different problem, all right? So the idea that it made electricity right away is paramount to a diagnostic step. So if somebody comes to you and says to you, well, or you, you go, for, let's not even say somebody, because that's like, in, like you're in business. So you go out into the field and the tractor is doing this. And then you say, and then you give me the tractor and it doesn't do this, whatever the issue is. Well, that's a diagnostic step. You say, what changed? Well, I ran it down the road, all right, and I hit a couple of puddles. So the thing basically is, is that's a diagnostic step that you need to, and that's why I want you to watch these things. But he is taking him, uh, he's, his approach is, is, is sterling because even though it's making electricity, he's backing up and looking for a potential problem. And so far, he found one potential problem with it, which was a loose pins inside the 30-amp circuit breaker. Now, interestingly enough, when he took the front panel off, all right, he looked at it and he said, 
this thing is is wired he got a he got a wiring diagram out that's an he found the wiring diagram for it so that's another diagnostic step that i want you to learn he just didn't so many times people try to diagnose something electrically whether it's on a car a combine whatever it is a grain and they just fly in from the from the seat of their pants so james was able to identify and locate a wiring diagram for that unit and then he said it's wired correctly but he didn't he said i understand why they wired it on the other side of the circuit breakers because there's three circuit breakers there's the main 30 amp breaker and then there's the there's two 20 amp breakers for the receptacles and you'll see this in the video so i'm not going to spend an hour explaining it to you and then what he what he was able to find is that he put the ohm meter which is proper diagnosis and i did a uh i'm not stealing james's thunder by no means but i did a show a while back well, a year or two ago on on diagnosing electrical problems and what they have in the auto industry and the terms are used by ford it's called a tap test and a wiggle test and then i also like to do a cold test and a hot test i put a component in the freezer and let it get really cold and see what happens or i put it in an oven all right not a microwave oven and heat it up to maybe 200 degrees and see see what happens and take readings because when you have an intermittent problem getting back to the ride there right what happened during the ride that fixed this sucker all right or fixed it temporarily is that he found that when he's taking the putting taking a resistance reading across the circuit breaker he would have the alligator clip from the leads onto the pin the spade from the circuit breaker and he would move it up and down not the alligator clip would go and put his finger to the side and try to move the terminal and it didn't seem like it was that loose but you would see the resistance would change dramatically at one particular point even go open so that's akin to doing a tap test or a wiggle test on a car or a farm machinery electronics where you're wiggling the wiring harness right you're tapping the controller with the you're not beating it with a hammer with a butt of a screwdriver so so i was so excited he sent me this preliminary video i well i wasn't excited i mean what i'm saying i'm excited because i i was i i knew that he was applying the same theories of diagnostic modified for a generator which is what i want you to do so you listen to this well, i got a problem but you say you got a problem my grain bin dryer well yeah it's not going to be the same thing exactly verbatim as testing an f-150 for some reason or to monitor on your combine but theoretically the foundation the boilerplate of it is the same so you may do a different type of tap test or a wiggle test or a different type of resistance test but as soon as james opened up the front panel on that he said i understand why they wired it this way it's wired correctly according to the schematic so we'll discuss i'll let him discuss that when he does the video and i tell you guys about it but the purpose of me talking to you about this show or on this episode of idle chatter today because you say well hot rod you really didn't cover anything well i did i'm not trying to defend myself i did cover a lot because number one i introduced you to james condon on youtube and i would i asking you to for education purposes to watch his videos and watch them with an open mind all right 
and and recognize his level of knowledge and how he applies that knowledge. And I've said this on many times before on the show. You could have the person that has all the knowledge in the world. It's like having a mechanic with the best toolbox, the best tools, snap-on tools, beautiful this, everything gorgeous, beautiful voltmeter, beautiful everything, right? And the fact is that he doesn't apply it, all right? He leaves it in the toolbox. He doesn't use his head. So this man has the knowledge plus the tools, plus knows how to use them and is not afraid to use them. And he's not going and saying, so when he took the front panel off, he says, oh, you got to take the choke lever off. You got to do this to that to get the choke cable off, right? All right, so he doesn't abort it, excuse me, and say, well, that's a pain in the neck to take it off. I'm going to assume that that's all good in there. Well, if he did not do that, and like I said, I have the benefit of seeing the, you know, the, preliminary video that he sent me you don't have that right now you have to believe me if he didn't do that he would never have found the loose pins in the 30 amp circuit breaker and now what we also found or he found not me he just he just told me about it because what he forgot about generators i never knew the thing is that it's listed as a 30 amp circuit breaker it's 30 amp input but that circuit breaker says on the back of it that it'll trip at 40.5 amps now if you apply ohm's law volts times amps equals watts is that i could never understand how they could rate that generator 8000 watts constant 10,000 watts on a surge and i didn't understand what they were doing to surge it whether the automatic voltage regulator was juicing up the field more or what have you and i said to myself well if you do ohm's law and you say 240 volts output i mean all right so two 120 legs 240 if it's making 120 all right if it's making 117 it's a little bit less but say 120 for easy arithmetic and it was so 240 volts and you want to get to eight and you have a 30 amp circuit breaker all right then that's the maximum i could feed my my transfer switch with right so if you do the math that's just shy of like seven thousand nine hundred i don't do the math in front of me 67 ohms or something 67 watts so just shy of of eight thousand watts so not excuse me i'm not uh <clears throat> my throat and my sinuses are clogging up but uh so that's close enough to 8,000 watts. But I'm saying to myself, where the heck did the 10,000 watt surge come from? Because if you, to get 10,000 watts from that at 240 volts, if you apply Ohm's law, then you need to have, you need to have about 42 amps. I think it works out to 41.7, say 42 amps for easy arithmetic. So the 30 amp circuit breaker would pop, Right well the circuit breaker is 30 amps input but it's it's trip amperage is 41.5 so that's how that's why I'm, I'm assuming and i'm james will explain this more in his video but i'm assuming that's how to get the 10 because otherwise if it was a 30 amp so it says on the panel 30 amp input right breaker it's a 30 amp input breaker but it's got a cushion where it's not going to pop to 41.5 so that's probably how they putting the 10,000 watt surge to start an electric motor or something if you're but i never going to run it at 10 8,000 watts anyway but what i was curious so but the point getting back on track is that 
if he didn't bother to take that front panel off and said, because he he said, oh, geez, everything looks beautiful. It's clean in here. It's no corrosion, no nothing, right? And and um, no telltale signs of problem. We wouldn't have found that the uh, that that breaker that the terminals are loose inside of it. Nah, I mean they're very. If he didn't have the ohm meter on it, if he was just moving with his finger, you would say it doesn't move enough to make any difference. So when he moved it with his finger, you could see the resistance changing. Now that's not. To what James said, that's not going to impact the 120 volt outlets, and that's what I was using when I was had no power at the other outlets. So anyway, so the saga continues. So James ordered a new circuit breaker for it because that's obviously an issue, and then we're going to go. He's going to go back in there, and he's going to uh, continue on, and then he's going to post a video and. And, you know, and he had such a level of confidence because he says to me, don't worry, you're going to bring this thing back home. Of course, I had said to him, look, if it's seven, $800 to fix it, I only paid $1,000 for it five years ago. I said, I'll just give it to you. If you want to fix it, you fix it and whatever. You want to take the motor off and put on your kid's go-kart. God bless you. Do whatever. All right. But he said, but when I was, he says, you're going to bring this thing. You're going to bring this home. And he didn't even know he was making electricity at that time. All right. And the other thing I wanted to say is that by the time you listen to this show in theory my new meter will be he i will have it in my hand uh to, to read total harmonic distortion which i think is very important for you guys to get involved with this is a, a relatively low cost meter it's i mean it's the under 400 dollars and it's not doesn't just read thd it's a it's it's a clamp meter voltmeter and meter everything in it but reads thd so i'm really excited to check the thd from the power company coming into my house check the thd from my new generac which we'll discuss more some other day all right and then i'm gonna i'm going to ship the meter to james to jim i'm calling him james but jim uh, over there where he is i almost said where he was by mistake <laughs> slipped uh let him tell you where he is i don't want to divulge that but anyway uh and let him run some he has a whole cadre of generators so we could get some really good data on thd that he could share with his youtube people and hopefully he doesn't hold show on that and then i could share with both my audience here on the podcast and the radio show because as we get to have more electronics on the farm and 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 in your farm shop and in your house and 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 everything is that as i said before you're going to have to start to look at out in line voltage coming into your farm the hertz of the voltage coming into your farm and then the thd the total harmonic distortion which is the skewing of the sine wave uh so we'll call it for for lack of better terms a static the uncleanliness of the sine wave because that over time is going to impact delicate electronics that you have on your farm and i've said this before on the radio show and i'll repeat it again to you is that you know i'm telling you and um, not that i have any authority right but i'm saying is that this is something you're going to have to start to get start to look at and you're not going to look at it all day long, but you're going to have to start to look at it because you cannot trust a power company 
to be sending you what your delicate equipment you say i have no delicate equipment well you probably have more delicate equipment if you have a dairy barn or or or, or a, a grain a grain bin dryer or or a hog house or something there's uh i mean the uh the variable speed drives on something variable speed fans uh in a barn you're gonna have to start to look at that i know a lot of farms have a very sophisticated computer system in their farm in their farm shop or in their offices uh you have a a a I'm going to use fancy schmancy refrigerator like a sub-zero refrigerator you have uh, some sort of uh high-end heating system you have a plasma tv all right i mean you go to walmart today and buy a plasma tv for three or four hundred dollars if not less right you have a plasma tv all right so the thing is that it's something that you're going to have to you don't have a need a phd in it but you're going to have to recognize it and so uh, hopefully i'm going to get the meter this week i'm going to do some testing here i'm going to put in a carton i'm going to put in a carton box it up i'll save the box they ship it to me and send it out to james let him you do some testing with it let him check some stuff let him use it on my machine and he and let and see if he wants to invest in it this thd meter for his for his repairs and i personally think but nobody has told me this but i also think that total harmonic distortion on a generator is going and you know a lot of farms have big backup generators and you know that doesn't and especially if they were an older one 20 20 20 years old 20 you know 20 years ago was 2002 almost 2003 it's not that long ago all right in my life but uh the thing is that a lot of them were dirty dirty as far as that the their harmonic distortion is concerned and now you're going and you so you have this backup and i'm i'm painting a scenario you have this backup generator all right you have now you put robotics in your dairy barn you have this uh, advanced cooling system with variable speed fans for the cows everything is variable speed they're taking they're taking ac converting it to dc and they're duty cycling it and then you have this you say oh i got this beautiful generator it's been here right the power goes out the generator backup generator big diesel powered unit does what it's supposed to do kicks right in boom the barn is up and running the cows are happy everybody's happy using that as an example it could be a hog house or it could be something else all right it could be uh and and uh all of a sudden a board goes out in your robot or your fans don't whatever all right you're gonna have to start to look at this that's why i'm buying them i bought the meter invested in it i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, tell you how to use how to how to use the probes i mean you have to look at the whatever brand media buy look at the instructions but i'm going to give you my protocols and then i'm going to send it over to james let him put his protocols into it and then i will share that with you because i believe so so wholeheartedly that it's something that you need to get involved with to that level to check it like a feeler gauge all right or a tire pressure gauge that's what i'm not saying you have to make love to the darn thing all right but to check and find out what's going on so as i get ready to close the the take-home message here of this episode of idle chatter was to be able to not take any shortcuts on the diagnostic procedures look at be interested in things out of the box within reason your box that your farm or ranch is in or your business is in look 
go to James's YouTube channel. I mean, the, the YouTube videos, you're not going to be able to, to watch it while you're running the combine unless you have it on auto steer, which I still think you should pay attention to everything else and not watch his videos. You can listen to my podcast because it's a radio show because it's just audio. But look at the methodical approach he takes. And that is a true diagnostician. That's a, and, and you have to remember that the term diagnostician is somebody who is going to diagnose a problem. It doesn't have to be with a generator. It doesn't have to be with a car. It doesn't have to be with an engine. It doesn't have to be with a tractor, all right? But the same protocols, the same thought process, yes, they're different. But, you know, if, if a loved one in your family, well, I say in your family, a loved one, you know, has some sort of medical issues and you're going to the doctor and the doctor is not doing things in the same way that James is doing it or I would do it on an engine or a carburetor or a transmission, all right? I mean, how many people diagnose hydraulic systems on their farm? They don't even have a pressure gauge or flow gauge. They just, oh, I'm gonna change the valve, let's change the pump, let's do this, let's do that. That's not how you, that's not how you roll today. Maybe years ago you could roll like that because it was easy to access and things were inexpensive and not complicated. But you know, look at this man's diagnostic procedures and apply that same thought process that same thought process needs to be applied to your animals when you go to a doc, to a vet vet with them if they have I'm not talking about for a checkup I'm talking about for an issue that if you have a loved a family member that has some sort of medical issue if you have an agronomist that you're dealing with and and you have a and you you have a, a something happening with your crops if the guy's shooting from the hip he's not your agronomist if the veterinarian is shooting from the hip if the doctor is shooting from the hip with your loved ones yeah you have a basic they could have a basic idea but if they're not if they're not putting they're not putting numbers to things and quantifying them and testing things and qualifying them then the fact of the matter is that is not the person for you and if you're not doing that in your own diagnostics all right then you're not the person to do that on your farm or ranch sorry buddy i'm a straight shooter if you're a parts changer then it maybe once in a while you'll hit it right you'll hit it lucky but that is not the way you successfully run your business it's not how you successfully grow a crop take care of your animals all right or do anything in life so that is it hopefully you enjoyed this it's really it's meant for you to think about your diagnostic procedures and to perform your due diligence and that due diligence need to be needs to be applied in every aspect of you not just mechanical not just your your farm all right to perform your due diligence with, with with your finances perform your due diligence with your purchase because a diagnostician a proper diagnostic procedure is due diligence it's nothing much more than that all right so if you want to put it under the banner of due diligence you're looking for you're looking to invest in a new piece of ground and increase increase the size of your farm do your due diligence i'm not the one to tell you what to do with that but do your due diligence find out what you're supposed to do look at your soil look whatever you need to do i mean i inherited our farm it's the only farm i ever had in my life it's the only farm i know but the fact of the matter is so it's a it's a thought process it's critical thinking and due diligence all wrapped up into one and in this particular instance it's for diagnosing a generator that night i guarantee you that no one else would that, that 
if there is someone, maybe you could count them on three fingers in the world, that would go through it. They say, ah, it's a generator, throw it out. Forget about it. You buy a new one. I mean, people have told me with this generator, if, it, if it's not making electricity, if it's not the voltage regulator brushes, throw it out and buy a new one, right? But wouldn't it be funny if it's just a circuit breaker, loose terminals inside? But whatever. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's more than that. But with confidence, we will know what's going on, and you can also learn from it, which is what the focus of idle chatter is. So listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, for clicking in. You have a blessed day. Check out James, and next week we'll go back to a regular type of show. Take care. Bye-bye.